we really value taking care of people and being really responsive and helpful. We value, you know, really high quality legal work. We're not a trademark mill. We're pretty hands-on. And so I wanted to make sure that they got a sense of that right away. Ask my husband about buying a car and he'll tell you about the time he and his ex-wife got trapped in a used car lot when they refused to make an offer on a car that was well over their budget. It's cliche, but it's true. Now, if this is the kind of story you think about when you think about sales, it's no wonder that selling your own products or services would be a challenge. But this is not what your sales system needs to look like to close the deal. You can be a kind, generous, and human salesperson and be incredibly effective. I'm Tara McMullen, and this is What Works, the show that takes you behind the scenes to show you what's really working as real small business owners take decisive action to build stronger businesses. This month, we're talking sales. We're going to get into the human side of sales in a minute or two. But first, I think we need to make an important distinction here. Marketing is not sales. And sales is not marketing. Can there be overlap? Sure. Does one often support the other? You bet. But marketing and sales are not the same thing. In fact, an intentional proven sales system is often one of the missing pieces of a business that almost works but isn't quite there yet. You can't just market your butt off and expect it to materialize into purchases. You have to sell. So then what is sales? Sales is the system that presents the offer, answers any underlying questions or objections, and then makes the ask and closes the deal. Sales tends to happen a little more behind the scenes, which is why it's one of the more misunderstood parts of running a small business. It often happens in an email, on the phone, or even in person. Our goal for this series on sales is to demystify the process and give you a look at what really works when it comes to selling your service, your program, or your product. We're even going to take a look at sales through a feminist or anti-capitalist lens. To kick things off, I thought it was fitting to talk with a lawyer, another profession known for their sales techniques, about how she moved away from impersonal, automated sales processes and into a more human way of selling and why that generated better results for her firm. Today, I'm talking with my friend Autumn Witt Boyd, the founder of the AWB firm, which specializes in helping online business owners protect what they've built. Autumn and I talk about why she started tinkering with her sales process in the first place, the speed bumps she experienced along the way, why her sales process ended up too automated, and how she's taken a more human approach and actually gotten better results. Now, let's find out what works for Autumn Witt Boyd. Autumn Witt Boyd, welcome back to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Tara. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to talk about your sales process and and sort of how that sales process has evolved. Um, but I think to set the stage for that, we need to learn about what your sales process used to look like. So tell us about how you used to do sales at your law firm and why you realized it needed to change. Yeah. So I'm in year five of running the law firm now. Um, and in the very beginning, of course, I had no help. So the sales process was me answering every email and um, jumping on calls or doing whatever needed to be done. Uh, but as you know, we grew, I now have support. Um, so I had a business manager um, who's still with me. Her name is Brooke. 
Um, and I realized that I was spending way too much time on sales because I really enjoy it. Mm. Um, so I can, you know, spend an hour crafting the perfect response email <laughs> to someone who sends me a bunch of questions. So the first thing I did was um, ask Brooke to help me. And I realized later when I asked Brooke to take a personality assessment, she is in the DISC assessment an S. She is a lover. She is a caretaker. She has a really hard time saying no to people. <laughs> and sales was just not a great fit for her personality. We realized that pretty quickly. Um, so I took it back over um, and I realized I was in a mastermind at the time um, with a great coach who was encouraging me to automate a lot of things. So we worked on automating the sales process. And I think we took it about five steps too far <laughs> into automation. Um, and so that's what I really realized last year. So we're recording this in 2019. This was, uh, or 2020. This was 2019. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know what, yeah, I don't even know what no year it is anymore. No one wants to relive any of these years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So I... Um, we automated everything. We use a CRM, a customer relationship management tool that's just for lawyers. So don't ask me what it is because it's not great and I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but it, it works with our law practice uh, management software. So we use that and it has kind of like automated follow-ups and you can have a bunch of canned responses in there and um, you can just kind of like set it and it just goes. Uh, and I had uh, um, the person on my team who now helps me with marketing. Her name is Sarah Kate. Um, she has her own business. She's an entrepreneur. She's great at sales. So I kind of handed it off to her um, to run the automations. And after about six months, our inquiries or the, the inquiries that were making it to me had really dropped. Like our number of sales calls booked had just fallen off a cliff. And I frankly had not been monitoring it that carefully. I knew Sarah Kay was competent. I had, you know, put it in her lap. Um, and so that was definitely on me for not monitoring it more carefully. But when I took a look at this and I knew our numbers were down, I went and looked at the emails that were going out and they were incredibly impersonal. Mm. So we had these canned responses for different types of inquiries. Like if you want a copyright, you get this one. If you want a contract, you get this one. Um, but what we had taken out was actually responding to people's questions. You know, people don't usually just email us and say, I need a contract. They say, what do you think about this? Or can I do X, Y, Z? Um, and so we had just automated it to a point where it was very cold and even though the canned responses were good, it, it was like you looked at the inquiry and you looked at the canned response and it just was a total mismatch. Mm. Um, and so I think people were totally turned off by that, which I would be too. Um, so that that is what was not working <laughs> to answer that question. Yeah. Okay, that's perfect. Because I think a lot of people, whether they're doing that sort of more like high touch sales, which I think is where we're going, mm -hmm. um, or even doing like digital product sales, the trend has been toward automation and automation is not uh, always yeah. the solution. And I think that people find themselves in that position of like, oh crap, <laughs> this is not working. This yes. doesn't feel good. So actually, before we get into sort of how things started to shift and what kind of changes you made, I'd love to get inside your head a oh, little gosh. bit, maybe even inside your heart a little bit too, because like I was just having a conversation uh, just yesterday with a business owner. They were like, I have a confession to make. I did this thing. I don't like it. And I've been doing it for a long time now. And I just got to get that off my chest and like, can we talk about how to change this? So anyhow, I'd, I'd love to kind of hear like what was going on in your head while you're reading these emails and you're like, oh, this is just, this isn't right. And then, and also how did it make you feel? 
Yeah. Oh, I felt terrible. I had like a pit in my stomach when I was reading through them. And I felt, and by the way, these emails are all quote unquote signed from me. Um, oh. <laughs> canned responses. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, to take it one step further. Um, so yeah, I just felt like, oh, you know, the first, it's their first interaction with our firm. And just to give you, we are not a high volume firm. We are very high touch. <laughs> we take really a lot of pride in our um, customer process and we just love on our clients and we like to be really, um, you know, answer all their questions and just make sure that they feel really good about working with us. And then this was the first interaction with us. I was like, of course, of course, no one was wanting to have a call with me because I wasn't I wasn't acting in the way that the, the whole rest of our client process is. It was just a total mismatch. So, yeah, I felt horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate the vulnerability in admitting that, because yeah. like I said, I mean, I just think it's where so many other people are or have been. So what was the first thing that you changed when you decided, OK, some something's got to give here, something's got to something's got to happen? Yeah, well, and I'll tell you part the reason we went to automation, the problem we were trying to solve was that I was spending too much time on sales and mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to be spending time on other things. But I looked at my schedule and we had in the interim fixed a lot of our other internal processes. Ah. So now that wasn't a problem anymore. I had more time because I wasn't spending time on other things that had been, you know, pro, uh, you know, not not well um not really automated, but now we have checklists and we have kind of a lot, a lot of follow-up processes and all those things. So that was all now off my plate. So um, I sat down with Brooke, the business manager I mentioned. Um, and also the other thing was Sarah Kate has stepped into more of kind of a, she really leads our marketing efforts. She does a ton of writing. Um, she does all of our social media posts. She does all of our graphics. And so I think that was part of the problem too, was that she didn't have a ton of bandwidth for the sales. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the team and who had more bandwidth and we just kind of shifted things around. Um, and it turned out Brooke had more bandwidth. Now remember, Brooke is not uh, great at sales. So now we kind of tag team. Um, so every inquiry that comes in, she is very, um, very good at follow-up, very good at like, process and checking things off a list. I am not great at that. Um, So what she does is she does a a kind of first review now of every inquiry we get, which is usually by email. Even if they send us like the contact form from our website, it comes by email. Or if it's a referral, it comes by email. Um, So she kind of gives it a first look and then she bugs me about it to get my eyes on it. Um, Because I can usually in two minutes say, send this or do that. And instead of me spending an hour crafting the perfect response, she can spend 10 minutes crafting a response because she's not invested the way I am. She's still invested and wants to take care of people. But um, I don't know. I just feel like I spend way too much time on it. So now I spend a little a little time, but I give her um, guidance either, oh, I, I recognize this person's name. So let's be sure to like make it really friendly or, um, you know, thank the referral source or whatever, or, you know, if they ask a question, here's a quick answer to that. Or um, I can't really answer that in an email. We need to jump on a call. You know, I give her guidance so that now we're giving a very customized, it may still kind of be based on a canned response, but it's very mm-hmm. customized. Um, and then sometimes she'll actually, she'll draft something and I'll review it if it's a more complicated thing or if it's, you know, a client we're really excited about and we want to make sure we kind of give them white glove treatment. Um, so it's, it's kind of evolved into this. We still use some automations. We still use the, the follow-up reminders and things in our CRM, but now it's just got a much more of a personalized touch. Mm. How many inquiries per week would you say that you're fielding? Like five to 10, maybe 15 in a really busy week. So I was thinking about that before we jumped on, you know, it's not a small number, but it's not an unmanageable number. 
Yeah. Because that was, that was Brooke's first pushback when I told her I wanted to step back into sales. She said, oh, you just don't have enough time. There's no way. And I was like, it, it's not that many. It's it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm not yeah. doing 15 phone calls a week. Like there's, you know, kind of a narrowing process as right. who gets okay. actually gets on the phone. So that yeah, can be the so, next step. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we're, let's just get there in a second. Um, so are you kind of building in a sales message library while you're doing this? Or is it something for now where it is just very like organic and we're doing it kind of on the fly? Yeah. So we we do have canned responses. Um, and when we have a particular question that I know we're going to get again, I will say like, let's save this one. Um, okay. And it still may be tweaked. You know, we try to customize it. But um, yeah, I'm a big fan of not reinventing the wheel, although <laughs> trying now not to go too far down that road. Uh, but yeah, for sure. We, we try and keep a, a library of these kinds of responses. Actually, I think Brooke has a folder called, you know, emails for reference or something like that. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So let's, yeah, let's dive into the next step. So someone sends you an inquiry, um, you kind of help with crafting the response, your business manager sends it out. What happens next? Yeah, so our, actually, we do something interesting in that first response that I think you might like, because I mm. think I got the idea from you. Um, we include a link to a video in that first response. So it is pre-recorded. Um, if it's, a uh, client we're really excited about, I might do a custom one. Okay. Uh, but we have just kind of a generic one that goes out and it's me uh, because the email is impersonal. So we try and add that personal touch right at the beginning. It's me. It's like a minute or two long. It's not long, but it just saying, you know, hi, thank you so much for contacting us. We're really excited. Here's the next steps. Let us know if you have any questions. Um, so, and we've gotten a lot of good feedback about that. So that, I don't know how many people actually click on it. Maybe 50%. <laughs> I have not tracked that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pe people really like that. Um, and then our next step after they get that email is we, if they didn't fill out the contact form on our website, we send them a, a form to fill out. That's okay. just basically asking, what is your type of project? Um, what are you hoping to get out of this? Do you want, you know, just help so you can DIY it? Are you wanting us to do it for you? Um, are you needing a contract template? We just kind of gathering details. And because I'm a lawyer and we have all these ethics rules, I have to ask, is there anyone else involved that I might, you know, already represent as a client that has happened? <laughs> um, yeah. Or have you worked with another attorney? So I can just kind of get some background. Are there any upcoming deadlines that are really soon? Mm -hmm. um, just so we kind of have a, a good idea. And then gotcha. we use that to kind of gauge what our next response is. Okay. Well, let's, let's just keep going so that you yeah. get that questionnaire back. You've got all the information you need. Where do you take the sales process from there? Yeah. So if it's um, pretty clearly going to be a good fit, Brooke, we ask for their website. So Brooke usually just goes and checks out their website or reads, you know, what kind of project they're interested in. Oftentimes she'll just, the next step is to get on a call with me. Um, so oftentimes she'll just say, great. You know, the next step is a call with Autumn. Um, and so she sends out a link and they can set that up on their own. Um, sometimes if she's not quite sure, she'll send me the questionnaire and say, Hey, give this a quick look. Tell me what you think. Um, so that's usually the next step. Occasionally they will, this is pretty rare. Um, but someone will say like, I'm ready to go. I don't need a call. <laughs> and so we have had people hire us just from the emails, um, that right. I've never spoken to, but that's pretty rare. Most, yeah. most of the times people at least want a short call and we do just a 15 minute call. We don't charge for it. Um, if it's a longer call, we sometimes will charge if they want to really dive in and get some questions answered. Cause that the 15 minute call is really just, you know, what questions do you mean? Do you have about the process or pricing or that kind of thing? It's not mm -hmm. really, you know, quote unquote legal advice. Yeah. Do you have uh, sort of an agenda that you follow, even if it's just in your head for that 15 minute call? 
yeah, I just, um, I introduce myself and I say, thank you so much for filling out the form. I have read it. <laughs> or sometimes they'll send us documents. I'll say whether or not I've had a chance to look at them. And then I always ask, you know, in your own words, can you tell me why you have contacted me? And that always gives me a, a you know, a little bit of better background. Um, but I try and I, I say, you know, I know we don't, this isn't a long call. So, um, you know, I'm going to try and make sure that we get all your questions answered. Um, so if I interrupt, it's not because <laughs> I don't want to hear the whole story, but, you know, I want to make sure you get what you need off of this call. Um, and then usually it's pretty easy uh, to keep it at 15 minutes after I've kind of set that tone. Yeah. Do you ask for a close? Do you try and make the close on the call? Or is that something that typically happens in follow up? It depends. Um, if they're like clearly ready to go, sometimes they'll say like, what are the next steps? But I kind of let them lead. I'm not a, a very pushy <laughs> salesperson. Um, so if they ask that, you know, I say, you know, the next steps, we'll send over an engagement letter and an invoice and we're ready to go. Or other times, if, if they're just kind of being quiet, um, you know, I can say, uh, sometimes I'll say, you know, I'll send more information or I'll, you know, when would be a good time for me to follow up and see if this is a good fit. Or sometimes, you know, they'll want to talk with a partner or someone else about it. Um, so yeah, it, it's 50, 50 on whether, whether it closes on the call or later, but we are really good at follow-up so, because well, I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that was going to be my next question is like, yeah. all right, tell me what the role of follow-up is in this. Cause I think that's where so many people end up dropping the ball and they know it, but yeah, you know, let's talk about it. Yeah. I used to try and do it when I was just a one man show, I would do follow-up every Friday. Um, but <laughs> it was like, like my least, Friday <laughs> was like, it was the last thing I had to do before I could celebrate the weekend. Um, but now, so actually Brooke came up, she's got such a good process mind. Um, we actually have an internal form that I fill out after the call mm. and it asks a couple of questions. Is there any personal details that I want to make sure we remember? Like if we have kids the same age or if they just mentioned something, I want to make sure we have a record of, um, we have kind of a scale of one to 10. How good a fit are they for our firm? Um, we have a couple questions. Actually, I wish I could put one up. Um, but off the top of my head, we ask, uh, some of the things are, cause we know these are indicators of clients that are a really good fit for us. If they've worked in corporate in the past, mm-hmm. <laughs> those typically are a good fit. If they have worked with another attorney in the past, um, if their business is more established, um, not always, you know, these, these are not a hundred percent. We don't have to check every single box, but these are just kind of, I, I like to go through and um, remember for future reference. Um, I think those are the main ones. Um, and then there's a box for what are next steps for follow-up. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, and Brooke reviews this form after I fill it out and it takes me like a minute or two to fill it out. It's really quick. So I usually do it right when I hang up before I do my next thing. Um, and then she's kind of got her marching orders for follow-up. Gotcha. And does that form live in your CRM? Does it live in Google Drive? What What's the technology there? It does. Yeah. It, it's an internal form. Um, and it took us a little tweaking to make sure it was not getting sent to the client because that's, right. the, that's the default <laughs> setting. Um, so we really, we tested that a hundred different ways and it does not go to the client. Um, and yeah, it lives in our CRM. So if I pull up, you know, someone's record that's there along with all their emails and other communications we've had with them. So it's all in one spot, which I do really like. Yeah. Awesome. You'll hear more about the ins and outs of Autumn's sales process in just a minute. But first, a word from our WhatWorks partners. WhatWorks is brought to you by Mighty Networks. Now, did somebody say sales? You know, making the sale gets infinitely easier when your prospects are highly engaged, excited members of your community. When your prospects are members of your community, you can easily keep your brand top of mind, personally nurture the right people and regularly demonstrate the value you can provide. 
And Mighty Networks, of course, makes it easy. When you run your brand community on Mighty Networks, not only can you connect with the people most likely to buy your next offer, you can make that offer right inside your network. Mighty Networks premium courses and groups features make it easy to offer higher levels of service as paid offers that increase both the value of what you're offering and your profit margin. With Mighty Networks, you can build a whole value creation and sales ecosystem all in one place for the people your business cares about most. In other words, Mighty Networks makes it easy to build products and sell them at the same time. Check it out for yourself. Go to MightyNetworks.com to get started free of charge. That's MightyNetworks.com. Okay, so let's just kind of, let's take a few steps back now and just kind of review over the process because you, you know, you've made this point that you tried to automate things, you automated things too far, then you started to put back the human element. So kind of just give us the bird's eye view now that we've, I guess it's kind of the opposite way that you normally do it, right? We've gotten so far into the details of the process, which is fantastic. But I'd love to just kind of zoom out again and say, all right, what pieces of the process are automated now? And what pieces of the process are human? So we don't have anything that runs without a human touching it. Okay. So I would say the automated parts are the CRM keeps everything together and we've got it set up to basically remind us when it's time to follow up, but it's not doing anything without us taking an action. So Brooke gets a reminder that it's time to follow up. She may check in with me because sometimes I've talked to that person on social media or I've, you know, seen them at a local event or something. So she always checks in with me to make sure um, that there's not some context that she's missing. Um, and then she'll usually either just the, our follow ups are pretty standard at this point. Okay. Like, hey, just checking in, see how things are going, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but nothing run, nothing is totally automated. I would say the only automations really now are kind of keeping everything in one place. We've got the canned responses where we can grab them, uh, but it still requires a human to actually execute. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Um, another question that comes to mind is, <sighs> You have other attorneys that work with you now, correct? Mm -hmm. And so when you are doing, I shouldn't say, like, I shouldn't project this on you necessarily, (laughs) but I know a common fear that people have as founders is that they are often the ones doing the sales, but then they're handing that work off to other people. Is that something, is that communication part of your sales process? Is it something that the client knows about, cares about? How do you handle that? Yeah, I had a ton of fear around that Okay, <laughs> when I first brought in. Um, we have one attorney who works with me now named Michelle. Um, and she has a little bit of different expertise than I do, So, um, which is nice. Her yeah. background is labor and employment. Um, so we work with a lot of our clients who are building teams and especially remote teams. Um, so I, if a question comes in, I will like 98% of the time, I'll still do the sales call, even if it's for an employment issue. If it's something I really don't know anything about and don't feel like I could just kind of spitball about, (laughs) I will have Michelle either join me on the sales call or sometimes I'll have her do them on her own. Um, Her hours are a little more limited than mine. So scheduling, Mm -hmm. uh, because she's part-time. So scheduling is a little bit trickier with her calendar. Um, But yeah, I had a lot of fear about it that no one would want to work with anyone else. (laughs) That is not true. (laughs) People just want help. (laughs) I'm not that special of a butterfly. Uh, But I I have been really, um, I try to be really thoughtful about 
kind of introducing the fact that there are other attorneys that they may work with. I talk about that early, especially if if they do come to me with a project I know Michelle is going to basically run with. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say, you know, we have a really great attorney on my team and I kind of built her up like you're so lucky to be working with her because they are. Um, You know, it's not like they're getting the second string like for their project. She is really a much better fit than I am. Um, and then there's some things that either of us can do. And so I'll just, you know, sometimes I introduce her by email um, if I haven't, you know, mentioned her before. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really easy and she's great and she's great with clients. So um, that has made it very easy to kind of hand off projects and things to her. And she awesome. she also is very careful. Um, she, I think, would do more sales. Um but again, she's got the limited time um, and she is not as involved in like the online world as I am. Mm-hmm. Just um, we were actually this was our year. 2020 was the year we were going to go to a bunch of conferences together. Same. <laughs> so, <laughs> all of that has been canceled. Um, but um, so I just have a lot of relationships that she doesn't, you know, it just kind of naturally falls to me to do a lot of the sales. Um, but she is really good at recognizing that, you know, the primary relationship, the reason people hired our firm is generally me. And so yeah. she will often draft emails for my signature or run things by me that she doesn't really need to run by me. But she's just kind of, I think, ultra careful about making sure, you know, she knows my name or, is on things. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate you sharing that too, because I, I mean, you said you have fear. I think a lot of people have fear around this and just talking about it and kind of getting it out there in the open, I think is really important. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about how or if the sales process for sort of your hands-on law work differs from the sales process that you have for your digital products, because you guys have a great library of legal templates, uh, contracts and templates that people can use. And I'm curious if you have kind of allowed more automation in like in that sphere of things, or if you do more of the more traditional digital marketing on that side of things, or if you do still handle a lot of it personally. Yeah, I think we're actually less automated <laughs> over there, which is kind oh. of funny. I know. Well, so we do all the all the online marketing stuff. You know, I do I go on podcasts like yours. I, you know, do Facebook Lives. I do all kinds of other things. We have a weekly email. I have my own podcast. Um, so we market them through all of those channels. Um, but we also, you know, if I post that we're having a promotion or um, you know, if we're pushing a particular contract, I always invite people to send questions. Okay. Um and Brooke handles a lot of those responses. And I think she does sign her name. We try and make that like, you don't really get access to me if you're buying the templates, but we also want to be helpful. So that's kind of our attitude with that. We're happy to answer questions. Usually the questions are, which contract do I need? Like I'm XYZ business. Is is this or this a good fit? Um, or uh, they may be looking for a particular term. Like, does this include a non-compete or does this include a non-disclosure? And so Brooke is very capable of handling all those questions or she can just run them by me. Um, sometimes they come in through instant mess or I guess DMs or um, PMs on various social media platforms and I'll answer those. Um, or in a group, sometimes people will ask. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we don't really, I don't really know because those inquiries are just so weird. I guess we could automate them, but uh, we have not tried. <laughs> and our volume of inquiries over there is pretty low. Um, way yeah. less, far fewer um, than the than on the one on one client side. 
Gotcha. I, I, I still, I think it's so helpful though, to just hear that. Yeah. You're, you're just, it's communication. It's interpersonal. It's one-on-one sales because I think so many people think, oh, well, I'll get this into digital product form and then I'll never have to touch it again. I'll never have to talk to another person. Yeah. Yeah. And it just doesn't work that way. I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't think it really matters what you're selling. There are things that can and do well, obviously with digital marketing, but but I think we could like, we have FAQs on our website. Like, mm-hmm. I guess there's a way we could kind of load that into something that would be automated. I feel like it's just, I don't know. Uh, we were going to put a bot. We just built a new website that just launched and uh, the designer asked if we wanted like a, you know, a pop-up, like a Q&A. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't want to have to staff it. Like, I don't want to have to be sitting around and like promise that I'm going to respond immediately. I'm in the middle of doing other stuff. My team is all part-time. Like we're working weird hours. Um and she said, well, you could just set it to say, like, we'll get back to you when we're available. And I was like, that just seems not very helpful. Yeah. So, I think that- yeah, I don't know. I just, I would worry that we'd send, like, a weird canned response that wasn't a good, again, it's the, the mm-hmm. over-automation problem is what I would worry about. Yeah. I'm sure there's a way we could do it, but. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, well, that's a good segue, I think, into where I want to head next, which is, when you were thinking through how you were going to change up your sales process, I'd love to hear about the values or the experience that you really wanted to prioritize for the people that were getting in touch with you and how you baked those values or that experience into the process that ultimately you built. Yeah. Um, our, we, we really value um, taking care of people and being really responsive and helpful. Um, we value, you know, really high quality legal work. Um, we are not just, you know, quick. We're not a trademark mill. We're we're mm-hmm. pretty hands on, and so I wanted to make sure that they got a sense of that right away because we're also not inexpensive. Um, and so if you're hiring us, you're kind of paying a premium. There's a lot of places you could get an LLC set up or a trademark filed that are cheaper than us. So the reason people hire us is because our process is really smooth and we, you know, answer every question they have. We don't nickel and dime them for extra help. Um, and so I just, those were the values that I wanted to make sure were coming through. Cause why would you hire us <laughs> if, if you're not getting a sense of that? You'd go to, you know, LegalZoom if, if you're going to get a canned response anyway. Um, so yeah, the, those were all really important. Like we, we send a welcome packet. We have a, uh, we send gifts to our client. Like we just, we have this whole customer experience after they hire us. And I wanted to make sure that the beginning kind of fit with that. That makes a ton of sense ton of sense. Is there any part of your sales process that you're super excited about or that you just, maybe it's a little detail that you love that I haven't asked you about? The video part in the initial response, that was the thing I was most excited about. Oh, I think the other thing we do, this is, I I kind of feel like you're still in the sales process when you're just starting to work together because that's the time Mm -hmm. I think people get nervous or they're like, I'm not sure, was this investment a good idea? Um, and so I send another video <laughs> as part of our onboarding. And that is, I do that for every client. That is totally unique. Um, where I give an overview of like what to expect next, what is going to happen next. And, you know, who on our team is the right person to ask if you have this question. And, um, 
a timeline for your project. So I'll say, you know, if I'm waiting for something from the client to get started, I will remind them of that. Or I'll say, I have everything I need and I'm going to be working on this later this week or I'm working on this next week. Um, so we do a lot of kind of expectation setting. Uh, we also talk about our communications cadence. So, you know, I'm checking my email every day, but I don't always respond that same day. So just um, trying to kind of train people with um, how we work, how they can work best with us. Um, just to give them a lot of confidence that they've made a good decision and it's going to be a good experience. I think that's awesome that you point out that that initial period of working with someone is like essentially wrapped up in sales. I mean, I'm sure some people would argue the whole client experience yeah. is an extenuation <laughs> still sales, of the, yeah. Yeah, still sales. Um, but you're so right. Like that first part, that's where people end up bailing. And if you can... You're like, oh, it's been three weeks. I haven't heard from them. I don't even know what's happening. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So if you can cut that off and make people feel really comfortable during that time, you've got a client for life, right? Hopefully. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, so you told me that you've gotten good feedback on this sales process from your clients. How are you collecting that feedback? What does that feedback sound like? Like, I just, I love the idea that you're thinking about feedback on your sales process and not just feedback on the actual legal work that you're doing. Uh, we don't specifically ask for feedback on the sales process. Sure. It's just come in. Um, so we had a, a new client recently and um, he has a very similar setup to us. He sells um, digital templates um, and he uses a lot of video in his own marketing. And he just like at every step of the way, he was like, man, I love what you're doing. Like, this is so great. Um, and so hearing that, you know, was really helpful. Um, I don't know that we've, it, we definitely hear when things aren't working. Like for a mm -hmm. while, our, the law practice management software we use was kind of new and it was hard for clients to pay their invoices, which is really frustrating. <laughs> um, so we got a lot of feedback about that. <laughs> like if things aren't working, um, especially if, like we want that to be really smooth and easy, like please pay us. Um, so they will definitely tell you if something is not working. Um, but we do gather client feedback at the end of projects, but like that's too late to hear about mm -hmm. the sales process. Um, so no, I don't know how we could collect better feedback about the sales process. Um, we just kind of get it as it comes. Okay. All right. I, yeah. I still, I we just love that you're paying attention, attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Autumn, I so appreciate this look inside uh, your sales process and the change and just your openness to explaining how it came about and why it came about. So, so, so helpful. Um, before we wrap up with you, what are you excited about right now? Whew, well, we are recording this in the middle of coronavirus, <laughs> so everything is new and different. Um, I'm excited about summer. The weather's finally turning. Um, I know this is airing later, but um, I'm looking forward to just being outside a lot since that's what we're doing these days. We're doing a yes. lot of outside time. Same, same. Boys. Swimming pools are open. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, so, so praying. Yeah. Um, Autumn Whitboy, thank you so much for everything you've shared today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. There are a ton of great tools out there to help you improve your sales process, but it absolutely is possible to over-automate how you connect with your potential buyers, just like Autumn's firm did. I love that Autumn shared a hybrid model for sales that kept things efficient and process-driven while also keeping them fully human. Think about your sales process. Is it skewing too far in one direction or the other? Is it taking up way too much of your time because you don't really have a process in the first place? Or is it way too automated and losing out on the opportunity to connect with your prospects in a more human way? How can you find a happy medium that features both the human touch and the benefits of systemization? 
Hopefully, this conversation with Autumn gave you some inspiration. Find out more about Autumn Whit Boyd and the AWB firm at awbfirm.com. Plus, you can find Autumn's podcast, The Legal Roadmap Podcast, wherever you listened to What Works. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by Marty Seafeld. Our production coordinator is Kristen Runvick. What Works is coming up on 300 episodes. And we'd love to know how the show has impacted you or your business over the years. Drop us a line and share your story. Email podcast at explorewhatworks.com.